guys, Christina Kodzi, Promly Intern. Welcome to another episode of the Promly Garden Podcast. If you haven't already, please follow us at Promly App for updates on the Promly App launch and more great podcasts. Together, we will change outcomes. Tonight, we have Promly founder Jen Libby and Alyssa Montegudu from So She Can, a community built to empower you, empower us, and empower all. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here and for being willing to talk with us more about what you've done to bring empowerment to the community through So She Can. Can you tell us more about your own story? What prompted you to create So, so She Can? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. So She Can was an idea built out of quarantine. I was staying at home and realized that I could, I had this opportunity to do more. Um, and I had so much time on my hands to really create an impact. And that's where the idea of So She Can came to me. I saw a lot of different organizations popping up, but didn't see one for people like me. And I myself identify as an Asian American female. So I wanted to create an organization that kind of encompassed both these intersections, especially focusing on marginalized communities and women and how we can use those together to empower and educate people on issues and specifically also um, women of color as well to uh, create change and learn more about the issues that are going on in the world around them. I also understand, Alyssa, how old are you? Like what, where are you in high school right now or in college? Yeah, I'm 16, currently a junior. Yeah, see, so that's like you're in high school and you're like, you know what? I don't have enough to do with like Zoom meetings and being online and all of that. I'm just going to try to change the world. I love it. I think that's amazing. All right. So I really like that you're emphasizing intersectionality. Um, and I also understand that you've gathered change makers from all over the U.S. and all over the globe. How did you generate interest in such a short amount of time and with such an impact globally? I think so many people like me really wanted the opportunity to do something. We felt kind of stuck being at home and just the idea of how we could really do something with all this time that we've been given um, during quarantine. And I think the mutual experience of having to stay home kind of united people in a sense and also made people want to look for more to do or, or look for more to do for themselves and for their communities. Um, and so it was actually really easy to find individuals who were motivated and um, inspired to do this type of work. Additionally, a lot of social media platforms are pretty much on the rise because of COVID because you can't go out. So everyone's online. And I really use those to my advantage. Um, there's a great community and app called Round Peer. It's like the LinkedIn of for students. And I really use that platform to uh, find new people to be a part of the organization, as well as just looking at other organizations as well and having them spread the word about what was going on. So that really helped. And I think with social media and the internet nowadays, there really are no boundaries as to where you're getting people from. So you generate interest from um, people from New York all the way to people in Dubai and Indonesia, which is really cool. That is amazing because I did notice like even on your YouTube videos, it really looked like you had people legit from represented from all over the world. And that was so impressive. I guess that's like, it's amazing too, that there's a great platform that's similar to LinkedIn. I'm going to have to reach out to them. I think that's like, um, so impressive that you're on there and that you've actually found students to connect to, who obviously share the same passion. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's super inspiring, uh, especially a lot of students nowadays have so much drive and passion and motivation. So it's really cool to see other youth who are motivated to do something good. Yeah, Gen Z definitely rocks the house. I think, you know, obviously I'm a huge Gen Z fan, um, but I feel like this energy towards like creating change and then not just talking about it, but actually like within months, like doing it, like you're already out there and you're doing it is so impressive. 
Yeah, it's really admirable that you use like the time in quarantine rather than just like sulking and loneliness to like use it for something productive. Um, but I have to ask, would you say there's anything that surprised you in the process of getting so she can off the ground? Yeah, I think first of all, the intern internationalists, um, I guess, uh, and the amount of people who are interested in creating change really surprised me about how many people were actually interested and how many people were willing to take time out of their days, out of their school lives and contribute to an organization and put content out there into the world. I think that was one of the most surprising things is just to see how many people, especially uh, we have authors who are younger than I am. And even at such a young age, they're still inspired to, to write and um, they're really motivated to get information out there to other young people. So I think that was really surprising for me. And I think another thing is I was surprised to see how open and willing people were. Um, this was my first time really creating an organization and kind of being like a big boss and CEO in a way. And it was really surprising to see how open people were to youth and leadership. Um, for example, I had someone who was older than me interview for a spot on our organization. And just seeing how willing and understanding she was towards someone my age was really cool to see. Yeah, I have to imagine that that's like, super empowering to see even people and I'm assuming even people from other generations, you know, look and say, Alyssa, you're doing something kind of amazing. Like, I totally want to support that. Like, how can I jump on board and help you? You know, like, that's awesome. I mean, I'm 16 too. So maybe, maybe us 16 year olds are on the rise. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely on the rise. Christine. <laughs> For sure. So I can imagine that you've helped so many people learn about themselves with SoshiCan and you've just taught so many people things with SoshiCan. But is there anything interesting that you've learned about yourself? I've learned through SoshiCan that I really enjoy being in a leadership position and really learned that I have an ability to listen. I know a lot of times when we think about leadership, we often think of big CEOs and executives making huge speeches and delegating all these tasks. But another aspect of leadership is that there's an ability to listen, empathize, and understand with the people that you are leading. Um, and I think I really learned that skill in myself and really pride myself in the ability to communicate well with others, not just to tell them what to do, but to understand where they're coming from and what ideas they have that they can bring to the table for the organization. Well, I think you make such a great point, Alyssa. I think that is the new generation of CEOs, right? That's the new generation of leaders is, you know, coming from a place of being able to hear and really validate their employees, let's say, or the volunteers or the different people that are working with them. Um, you know, there's, Obviously, and I think really great CEOs, that is what they do, you know, and I hear stories about different CEOs, that's the kind of, you know, thing that you're hearing, they're the ones that are the best, because people feel so hurt. So I love that that's, like, what you've been able to take away from this experience, and really, like, run with that, and, and really, truly lead. So it's awesome. I love it. I think this is a new take of leadership that we're seeing where people aren't thinking of leadership as like, oh, you know, the boss talking to its employees, it's more of like everyone listening to each other. And it just so happens that the boss is keeping things organized. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, I'm also kind of curious. So do you find that mental health is an area that SoshiCan covers? And if so, are there any specific subjects that you've touched in on your publication and on your podcast? Yeah. So specifically for mental health, we haven't done too many topics uh, about the subject. But during the beginning of 2021, we wanted to make an emphasis. So someone did write an article about the importance of mental health in this new year, especially during COVID and during the pandemic. I think we all saw 
a kind of slump, a general slump from people because they weren't getting out as much as they used to. And I think mental health is something that I take very seriously at my organization. I want to make sure that the people who are writing and participating in this type of work are also having a balance with their own work lives. And I think a big part of that is really communicating with people and making sure that you know, if there's a deadline and they're not able to make it, be flexible with it because there's so many things that are going on in people's lives and you really only see a surface level portion of everyone that you can't be so quick to judge and so quick to push your, your own views. So um, I think the topic of mental health in terms of publications for SociCan is definitely something we'd love to write more about. But in terms of our own organization and taking care of everyone's own mental health, I think that's something that we do fairly well and making sure that everyone's at an okay situation and are able to contribute their very best when they're able to. Well, and I love that too. I also think, you know, one of the things that I appreciate so much about the subjects that you're covering is, you know, many times you're covering pretty hot topics, let's say, from the standpoint of, you know, politics and really trying to amplify marginalized women in across the world, right? In terms of different areas. I know one of one thing that I was really um, you know, positive to read, let's say, is the research money that just got um, you know, pushed through the house to, you know, that's geared towards like really researching the impact on um mental health in terms of like, you know, racism and um, you know, a lot of other like things that we see you know, in even I, I was reading through and I just thought there were just so many different um, initiatives, let's say, that we're going to see coming down the pike where I think we're going to see more and more um, research and more and more, um, you know, examples, let's say, of where, you know, marginalized communities have been impacted. And that's going to be looked at much closer, let's say, and then at least cross our fingers in the next in the few years, you know. So my guess is that there's going to be lots of opportunities to, you know, research and understand more and for everybody to have a better education about, you know, the impacts of mental health in all different communities. So yeah, I think we're really lucky to be in this age where mental health is on the rise. And it's not just a trend. I think companies are really starting to dive into what self-care and mental health care for their employees looks like. So it's really cool to see how, you know, as young people, and when we grow up and get careers and jobs, uh, assuring to know that we have a space for ourselves to relax in and that our companies care for our well-being. So 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like we're all talking about, I feel like mental health is talked about a lot now, like even through companies and everything. And now I think like we're getting to the point where we can talk about how intersectionality and people's identities does have an impact on their mental health. So, you know, something like SociCan is definitely needed, like in our current climate. Um, I also have to ask, like we were talking about how we're both 16 and you're also a student. You're starting SociCan, running a blog, podcast, you know, it's, it's all a lot. How do you manage your time to not be super stressed? Mm -hmm. I would say there's definitely times where I am super stressed. And I think stress is something that as much as we try to avoid it, it can be a bit unavoidable. But in that aspect, I think it's also good to not necessarily nurture it, but understand where it might be coming from. For me, I think I can kind of tell when I get super stressed and I know there are certain behaviors that I do or actions that I catch myself doing. And when I do catch myself being in a very stressed attitude, I acknowledge it. And that's when I kind of come to terms and understand that's when I need to relax or take a step back. For me, in terms of time management, I think what's really helped for me is time blocking or having you know, specific hours of the day to work on specific things. 
um, especially, and making sure that I line up my priorities so that the thing with the highest priority gets done earlier in the day. Um, and when I do have those moments of high stress, it's really important to make sure that you're indulging in your self-care habits or things that can really you know, calm that down. For me personally, that's just talking to friends or talking to family. And for me, talking is a really great outlet to relieve stress that I'm feeling. I love it. I think I, I, I have to say, Alyssa, secretly, and it's not such a secret, like, you know, many times when we're asking podcasts podcast questions i'm i'm truly asking the questions about you know how you manage your time because i actually think you know i've learned so much from different gen z leaders let's say that are you know able to do so much i'm so you know struck by how quickly and how able you are to be able to pull these things together so i so appreciate your insights on that and i'm sure other people who want to be doing you know leadership type things or you know feel empowered to maybe start something it's like just giving a little bit of that structure really helps yeah, I'm extremely envious and people are like, oh, I block out my time. I, you know, mark it on a calendar. For me, it's like, mm, my day goes along and if something pops up, it pops up. If I need to get something done, I get it done. Like, that's how it goes. Um, but I feel like we've talked about a lot of really good things so far on the podcast. But if you had to choose one thing you'd want our listeners to get out of it, what do you think it'd be? I think I would really urge people to, it's so easy for someone to have an idea, but it's a lot harder to execute it. And there are a lot of fears and boundaries that might hold us back. But I would just say to go for it. Um, so many times I feel like especially high schoolers nowadays are very over analytical. I mean, I am someone who overanalyzes a lot of situations. And at some points in our lives, we can only plan so much. So I really encourage people to just go for and do what they want to do, whether that be to start learning a new instrument or uh, start taking a class for something, I really encourage people to do it. If problems come along the way, I think that's something that you just have to accept. But in the end, you are doing something that you want and that can help you. And that's all that really matters. As long as you find that passion and love for it, then I think any struggles you experience will just be a learning experience and it shouldn't hinder your performance too much. I love that, Alyssa. I think that's great advice. I think also really empowering. I have to ask, you know, just in terms of like looking at the articles that are on So She Can, because I would also love listeners to go to So She Can and see, you know, the blog and, you know, listen to the podcast. Are there any particular articles that just stand out in your mind that you're like, you know what, that really speaks to me. And I think like, it's something I would want people to gravitate towards anything that comes up. I would say all the authors who are part of our organization write such great articles. I think for me personally, I really gravitate towards our articles that highlight women, especially. And um, recently we had someone write articles about the rise of Asian hate crimes in the U.S. That one is really important to me. And also writing about uh, the election, the recent presidential election, though those types of news might not be seen as much in the media anymore. I think the perspective on those issues is really important. And another thing I would like to highlight is that So She Can also has a podcast called So She Can Speak. Though we haven't been producing as much episodes as of lately, I really enjoyed the podcast that we did with Dr. Tracy Panara, who was a really inspirational environmental scientist. So really, So She Can has all these different types of content for everyone, whether it be on our Instagram or reading a blog article or listening to a podcast. And I really encourage people to discover which 
type of content works for them and to explore. Yeah, I, I know I loved looking at it. So I, I definitely encourage people to take a look just because, you know, there are a lot of really interesting articles that were there that, you know, kind of, I just felt like everybody should read. So you highlighted some of those. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, as you've been talking, I'm kind of scrolling through your website, scrolling through the blog posts, the podcasts. Um, and I'm curious, if someone wanted to get involved, how would they be able to do it? I think our main platform for announcements and regarding applying for SociCan happens through our Instagram and Roundpeer. And those sites can also be found on your website. They can simply just DM us if they're interested, or we do have specific application time periods. We are not currently looking for applications right this second, but um, an application period is coming up. So I think I would just tell people to stay tuned on our Instagram and other social media platforms out there to stay updated on how they can apply and be a part of the organization. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, this is all exciting. Do you know what the next steps are for SociCan? I think SociCan really wants to work towards creating even more content and also specifying and honing in on a more specific target audience. There's so much information that we can digest in this world. And I think SociCan wants to work more towards um, really amplifying and advocating for, excuse me, (laughs) really amplifying and advocating for specific people who are disadvantaged or marginalized. And I think our next steps are to really self-reflect and see what things we can do to make sure that our organization is taking the steps to advocate for these people. That's amazing. And what I really like is um, I'm going through your podcast and like your blog posting, and as I've been saying, um, but everything's so, you know, it's so accessible. It's not like, you know, you're hunting down a certain, you know, a certain thing. I feel like it's all so accessible, so easy to read. And I really, I really, really like that. Um, on the same note of the next steps for SociCan, do you guys have an ultimate goal? I think our ultimate goal is to help people feel educated and from that be empowered to create action in their own communities about something that they read on SociCan. I Some people might have a definite goal or a quantitative amount of something, but I think for me, if I hear one day that someone was inspired um, because of something that they read or heard on SociCan and they started doing this amazing project, that would ultimately make and satisfy my whole goal and purpose with the organization. And I think that's something to keep in mind. So many times we are result driven and see just um, look at the achievements of people or see how many people we can impact. But at the end of the day, if you're impacting one person um, or just bringing a little light into your own community, that's really important. And that's something that you should keep on doing. Yeah, we're big fans of your goal. Uh, we're really, really big fans. We really support it. And is there any way that Promly can be helpful? I love Promly's initiative. And I think it would be great to definitely continue reaching out to small organizations that are not as known and helping amplify the voices of the people who are behind it and also the content that they're creating because everyone is doing such amazing things. So. Yeah, well, our whole goal is to really amplify the Gen Z voice, right? So, you know, organizations like SociCan, well, you guys might be small now. The hope is that we're going to, you know, help you to, you know, get bigger and get more traction and more listeners and all of that. So certainly we're going to look to amplify wherever we can. So Alyssa, please, please, you know, send us anything that you want us to publish, Um, you know, anything like that. We're happy to support what you're doing. We're really just so um, positive and really just so touched by 
the impact that you've had in such a short amount of time. And it's just your story is empowering and what you've been able to accomplish in the education you provide, I think is really invaluable. So thank you a million times over. I really am so grateful for the work you're doing. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak. Thank you so much. Um, but if no one has any more comments, that wraps up another Promly Garden podcast. Please don't forget to follow us at Promly App for updates on the release of the Promly App, which is coming soon. Thank you.